Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. to see you. We're here in Brisbane winter. This is probably about as cold as it's going to get. And um, for us in Brisbane, we're not used to it. We're just like, we're, who, who sometimes freaks out with the cold? Like it's a little bit cold. Some of you are okay. Others of you, I, when I moved from Sydney to Brisbane, here's some of the expectations that Brisbane people have, that they can travel anywhere in under 20 minutes. For Brisbane people, over 20 minutes, they like lose their minds. Okay, coming from Sydney, like over an hour, like anything under an hour. Oh, that's, that's pretty quick with all the traffic. Um, Brisbane people expect to wear shorts and thongs every day of the year. Do you know that? Like otherwise there's something wrong with the world. And so uh, I'm glad that you've chosen to be here on this very, very cold, in- incredibly cold Brisbane morning. And we... Uh, for the Victorians. And today we're just going to do a mini-series, and the title of this mini-series is called Faith Lives Here. And uh, today, the title of my sermon is, I Want to Walk on Water. Turn to the person next to you and say, I want to walk on water. And can I give you a little bit of like an inside scoop? Can I, can I let you know that the purpose of this message is to actually prod you, is to actually poke you. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says one of the responsibilities that we have in the body of Christ is to encourage one another, to spur one another on. You know the little spurs with the, you know, you wear, whoever kind of, you know, any country people, ranchers, that kind of stuff, maybe, maybe not. not I wasn't really expecting a great response. I don't know why I asked that question. But it was a fun question to ask. Uh, you know, like those little, when you've got a, a horse and you spur it on. That's what I want to do to us, to our spirits. I want to provoke you a little bit. I want to challenge you a little bit. I want to get your spirits engaged to realize that God has more for you than what you're experiencing in that what even your greatest spiritual moment in the past or your greatest challenge in the future, God is at work in our lives calling us up to something bigger. And so the title of my message is I want to walk on water, but another title for this message could be I'm sick of stuck. I'm sick of stuck. I'm sick of being stuck. And I don't know if you've been Currently, if you are, there's an area in your life or if you have been stuck where you feel powerless, you feel weighed down, that life isn't what you thought and in some areas you can't make forward progress. And part of the reason that I wanted to share this is actually personal because I have at times been stuck. I've been in these kind of repeating circumstances or these repeating patterns of life and it took a toll on me. 
and it impacted me. And God's desire is that we get freedom and we have freedom to move forward. And I think that's a very, very powerful thing. So my question to you today is, where do you feel stuck? I'm not going to get you to answer this. I'm not going to go around. Okay, quickly, just quickly, tell us your deepest, darkest secret. Okay, here you go. Who's next? I'm not going to do that. But I am going to get you thinking, where are you stuck right now? Where is an area that you're not able to make the type and the kind of progress that you know you should? Or that maybe God's spoken to you, given you a dream or a plan for the future or a word for the future? Or there's something that just, you're like, this just is deja vu. This is Groundhog Day. It just keeps happening over and over again. So where is it for you? Take a moment. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Is it emotionally? Is it relationally? Is it in your spiritual and discipleship journey? Is it mentally? Is it even physically? Is it in your workplace? Where are you stuck? Where do you know that you should be making progress, but you're not? And this is where God wants to meet you. When you identify it, this is where God wants to meet you. Come on, let's pray together as we jump into this. Jesus, we invite your presence here. You're already here, but the invitation gives you permission to work in our lives and in our spirits. And so we thank you for that. God, we are not satisfied as a church just to remain stuck, just to remain the same. But we want to go onward and upward into the things of God, into the plans and purposes of God. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Now, I want to define and talk about a special type of stuck that I have experienced and something that is unique to our culture. It's not something that necessarily feels stuck, but I'll explain as to why uh, we, we are stuck in this pattern. And I call this specific type of stuck the roller coaster. Who is a roller coaster fan? Okay, has been on roller coasters. Maybe it's been a little while. But the roller coaster is a specific type of stuck, and it's something that's very unique to our current culture. And I'll explain why. So a roller coaster doesn't feel stuck because you're moving fast, but actually. You're going around in the same pattern and you're moving fast, but event you realize you're not going anywhere. And there are three things that are unique to the roller coaster that are unique to our culture right now. So the first thing about the roller coaster you need to know is it's fast paced. And I'm going to give you five things that are happening right now in our culture that you've experienced, that you've sensed, maybe not all of them. But the first thing about our culture, which is why the roller coaster is so fast, is it's a fast-paced, 24-7 workplace culture. Who's experienced that? The shift, the availability. I can get my, all my documents, all my emails on about four different devices. I kind of worked it out. You can contact me like 11 different ways on different messaging platforms, a couple of different emails. Uh, we've got uh, Messenger, we've got Instagram, we've got text message, iMessage, we've got Telegram, all those kind of things. We are more and more available. There's a non-stop culture of work. 
we are hurried and distracted. We're hurried and distracted. We are got to, running from one thing to another. Who's experienced this or experienced this? We have increasing demands. Who knows? Who's been in a situation where everybody wants more from you? Everybody wants more. That's the third thing. The fourth thing is comparison. Now, I think social media in particular has heightened comparison. Because also what we know is we're not just comparing against someone's actual life. We're comparing against the projection of their life. And in some ways, that's not bad because we don't want everyone's kind of like mess on on social media. I'm going to talk about that in the next point. But we are kind of constantly comparing ourselves to the best filtered photograph and the best moment. And this is having an impact on us. It is kind of urging us. It's forming behaviors and thoughts and practices. And the the last thing is that our culture is becoming increasingly anxious and talkative. We're exposed to more people's problems with the news cycle, with social media, and we're exposed to more people's problems that we can't do anything about. And so we've got to recognize that that is having an impact. And that kind of is is causing this drive within us, within our minds, stimulating our minds, our souls, our spirits, all these things, this fast paced, this distracted, hurried, and it's part of the roller coaster. The second thing, and this is very, very important when we talk about being stuck, is that it goes in loops. A roller coaster goes in loops. And what happens in your life, if you're aware, you can recognize patterns. Patterns of repeating circumstances and patterns of repeating responses. These are the ups and downs. And part of why I wanted to share this is because I began to recognize some patterns within my life when you have pressure on, when you have your own expectations, when you have ideas of other expectations. You get in uh, times and circumstances. And for me, it was something like this. I recognized that just little things were having a big effect on me. Things that probably at at other times wouldn't have um, impacted me. But if something little went well, I was high on that roller coaster. I was like, this is awesome. And then something little went wrong. I was just, I was down. And I was in this kind of pattern of repeating circumstances and responses that was a loop. And it was giving me anxiety. And it was causing me to kind of like in my life and particularly in church life to try and calculate things and trying to work things out. Who's ever been in that situation where you've got different things going on, some good things, some bad things, and then you know where you're supposed to be or where you want to be, and then you just try and like work it out. You try and come up with your own plan. It kind of crashes your mind. And so for me, I was trying to work out my own plan. And, you know, when I was doing that, just the mental energy was giving me headaches and giving me energy loss. And it was predictable, but it didn't feel predictable because there were so many ups and downs. And that's something that 
I want us to know about this certain type of stuck. You, we can be stuck, but because we're moving so fast, because we're going from one thing to the next, because we've got increasing demands, because there's all these kind of things and we're going up and down, we're stuck, but we don't even know it. We feel like we're going, oh, we're making progress, we're making progress. And then the roller coaster turns and then you're back in the same spot and then you're like, oh, yeah, this is good, I'm going really well. It's a predictable pattern. And God wants to get us off the roller coaster. He wants to release us. He wants to free us. And for me, it was these little things, but for different ones of you, it's different things. It could be things of your past. It could even be actually very, very serious things that have happened. It could be trauma. But it can still be producing these predictable patterns of behavior and responses, circumstances and responses. That was the, the second thing. It goes in loop. The first thing about the roller coaster, it's fast paced. The second thing, it goes in loops. And the third thing is it ends up in the same place where it started. And who's experienced that? You, you're going so fast, you're doing all these things, and then you realize, hey, I thought I was going somewhere, but I'm pretty much back where I was started. And sometimes our response is, okay, I'm going to go on another round. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay on, and I'm going to put that uh, roller coaster kind of harness on. And we can have all these highs and all these lows and all this drama and all this energy, but we still have no progress. And so today, this moment, it's a prod, but it's an invitation. And the question is, if you recognize that you're stuck in an area, do you want to get unstuck? Do you want to move forward? That's the question. It's a question and an invitation. Because if you're happy with the highs and lows of normal, then there's nothing that I, I can do, even that God can do. Unless you invite him in and say, God, I, I give you permission. I want to take a step forward. I know what it is. I want to know what it is to get unstuck. And I want to share something that's quite simple that God showed me that's being able to help me get off the roller coaster and begin to live in a different pattern. In Matthew chapter 14, we see this amazing story of a disciple called Peter. Sorry, don't put that up just quite yet. Thank you. An amazing story of this disciple called Peter. And Peter sees Jesus do something that has never been done before in history. So Peter sees Jesus walk on water. And so there's waves, there's wind, there's darkness. There's a group of disciples huddled in fear in the boat. And Peter has the audacity to think this and express this to Jesus and this is what he says. He says, I want to walk on water. He says, I want to walk on water. I want to 
defy the natural order, defy the natural pattern. I want to transcend circumstances and I want to break the loop of what is possible. Isn't this an amazing thing, right? Like, think about this. Are, are we, we're not talking fairy tales here. We're talking something that actually happened. Because if we as followers of Jesus believe that he rose from the dead, yes, that was the pinnacle, but all the other things that he did, we believe that the Bible is real. That this story is not just a parable or an object lesson, but it actually happened that Jesus actually began to walk on water. And when Peter saw that, he said, I'm in. He said, I want to walk on water. So what about you today? Are you in? Do you say, hey, I want to walk on water? And supernatural power is what we need to get us unstuck. We can't just go through with the normal circumstances and things, but supernatural power is what we need to help us get unstuck. So we're going to read this passage together, but before we do, I want to give you a little bit of background to this passage. So Jesus and the disciples are mourning the sudden death of Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist. So he was killed, he was beheaded as a bit of a party trick gone wrong. You can read that in the early chapters. And uh, it was kind of uh, payback and all this kind of stuff. So he was actually beheaded. And we know that some of Jesus' disciples also had a connection to John. And at some time they were, some of them were John's disciples as well. So they're dealing with this grief, they're dealing with this loss, and there's this lack of space and privacy. So Jesus goes to escape. All these people follow him. They're left in the wilderness with nothing to eat. And he provides miraculously. He does one of the greatest miracles, the feeding of the 5,000. Then he takes some time to go and pray and to process and to talk to God about what's happened. And then he sends the disciples on a boat. And this is where we pick up the story in Matthew chapter 14, 22. You can look on the screen or you can uh, read along in the, your device or the Bible that you have. Matthew 14, 22. It says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Listen to this. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. 
amazing passage and a couple of things I want to set up in this passage before we talk about walking on water. And so this passage is definitely about Jesus revealing himself as God, showing that he has power over nature. It's a very God-like thing to do, right? So Jesus as God, definitely. But what is intriguing is Peter's participation in what Jesus has did. And Peter's participation means that we are included. 1 John 2, 6 says, Whoever claims to abide in him must walk as Jesus walked. So maybe this is walking on water, but definitely this is living by faith. And in Romans it says, For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So the first thing to set this up is that we are included, you and I. We are included in this supernatural life. We have power through Jesus to access this supernatural life. The second thing that we would say is that our battle is between faith and doubt. Do you know that you're in a battle between faith and doubt? And the Passion uh, Translation in verse 31, Jesus' response to Peter when he starts to sink is this one. What little faith you have, why would you let doubt win? Isn't that interesting? Isn't that an interesting perspective? He says, why are you going to let the doubt that you have conquer the faith. And so there is a battle. There's a battle between faith and doubt. See, what happened is Peter stepped and he stopped. I remember early on in starting uh, this church with my wife and we started uh, in its very, very early stages, a bit over two years ago. And uh, remember the first day, we kind of, we didn't have any uh, financial support or any team. We just uh, pretty much mum and dad and, and Rebecca and I and my three amazing kids doing a great job. And uh, we just kind of stepped out in faith. And so we have mortgage, we have kids in private school, we had some savings and we just stepped out in faith. But as I, after I stepped out, I kind of realized I was waiting. I was waiting for the boat to come and I'd kind of stepped out of the boat and I'd stepped and I'm like, hey God, I'm like, I've stepped out, send me the boat and I think it's going to be a nicer boat, like a better boat than the one that I was in. And Jesus spoke to me through an impression, the voice of the Holy Spirit and he said, he's like, you're okay, just keep going. And this is what we do, we step and we stop. But what God invites us to do is to make a step of faith, a walk of faith, and to make a walk of faith, a life of faith. And so what our tendency to do is to live life based on our own self-reliance 
And what we want to do is we want to visit the faith realm. We want to visit faith maybe when we've got a need. So here's what I'm going to do my life and then I'm going to jump over the faith. I'm going to grab something that I can't get. I'm going to see a breakthrough and then I'm going to jump back to my normal life. And the title of this series is Faith Lives Here because this is the declaration that I would love for you to say is that I live by faith and faith lives within me. This is the word for our church. Faith lives here. We are not going to get to where God has called us to be to have the type of impact that God has called us to be just by our own strength. Like we've got some amazing talent here. We've got some amazing people here. All kinds of things are going on here, but we are choosing to say, hey, I'm going to live by faith. I'm not just going to take one step and stop. I'm not going to just take two steps and stop. I'm not just going to visit the faith realm, grab what I want, go back to my everyday, go back to my normal pattern of living, get off the roller coaster, go to the the theme park snack bar, get a big foot-long hot dog, skull that down, jump back on. That's not what God's plan is for you. God's plan is for you to live differently than how you are living. Can I get an amen? God's plan is for you to inhabit the faith realm, is for you to make that declaration, to put it on the the sign, the doorpost, to say, faith lives here. And here's what we know, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, is that we are called to live by faith and not by sight. What that means is that we are called to fundamentally change our perspective of the world. And this is where I was getting stuck, is that God was trying to teach me, and eventually I'm learning to do this, that I can't process every circumstance myself. I don't have the strength to do that. Maybe maybe you can when things are going good, but if you're going to be stretched if you're going to be expanded, if you're going to allow God to take you to new places, you need a different perspective. You need a different life. You need a different way of seeing the world. And this is very, very powerful. And I'm going to finish, we're almost done, by giving you three things, a new pattern for changing the way that you see and the way that you do and three things to help you get unstuck. And I want you to give this a go and try it and see how it goes. The next time you are feeling stuck, the thing that you have that is causing you to be in the same position, that roller coaster you're causing you to go so fast but get nowhere. And here are the three things. And the first one is this, we need to give up our own way. Now this, I know this is a big thing, all right? But if I'm truthful and honest about what God has shown me and what it means to live a life of faith, where we start is by saying, I got to give up my own way. 
Now, when I was preparing this, I thought, well, do we mean give up our own plan? And I think we kind of do, but I think the idea of a way is our natural pattern. Everybody has a natural pattern of dealing with things. And some of those patterns are a bit unhealthy. It's a natural way of dealing things. Most often it's subconscious. And so part of this is actually surfacing the fact that, hey, the way that I deal with life sometimes is not healthy, it's not godly, and it's not producing good within me or around me. You know, sometimes the way that I process something, difficulty or pressure, sometimes the people who lose are maybe my family because I'm not processing that, or maybe my friends, or maybe the people that I work with. Sometimes it's me, but sometimes it's others. And so we've got to surrender and give up our own way. Here's another way to put it. We need to ready ourselves for obedience. Now, Peter uses this word, Lord, and he says, Lord, if it's you, here's what I know. That if I'm going to get stuck, unstuck, my self-reliance is going to have to go. If I'm truly interested in having a different way of living, I've got to take myself out of the command and control of my own life and I've got to bring in someone who is more infinitely qualified to do so. And that is Jesus Christ. And this is the transition. If you are serious about getting unstuck, you have to give up your own way. And this is something that I practice a lot. And when I feel like my mind is, the cogs are starting to turn and trying to calculate how things are going to work, here's what I do and go, hey, God, I'm going to stop that thought process and I'm going to allow you to speak into me. This is really, really practical. Here's what it says when we give up our own way. I am not in control of the circumstance. We only live with an illusion of control. I think COVID globally kind of lifted the lid on how fragile the world is because we thought that we were so awesome and we've got science and we've got Uh, economies and we've got structures and those things are okay but really we are not in control we need to do things a different way so the first thing give up your own way the second thing really really simple is ask God what he wants you to do now Peter replied tell me he said tell me what do you want me to do He said to God, Lord, if it's you, tell me. My question to us is, are you asking specific questions about specific things that are going on in your life in order to allow the voice of God to speak into it? So be specific. Say, hey, God, I am struggling with this or I feel stuck in this. What do you want me to say? What do you want to say to me? How do you want me to approach this? 
and you leave that open. If I'm really, really stuck, I will write that question out and I'll just pause and I'll see what God says. Now, I know that some of you, this may be new to you. We are uh, in July, we're going to start a series called Hearing the Voice of God and we're going to have some very, very practical teaching around what it is to listen and hear the voice of God. But what I want to say is, give it a go. Ask someone who might be able to help you. I can help you. Are there others here that can help you? But we need to be really, really specific. Now that we've given away our own plan, we want to ask God, hey, what's your plan? What's your plan? Our, our minds are so limited with options. Who's ever tried to crunch or work out a really big problem and you've come up with two options? It could either be A or B. And you go to God and he says, I can think of a thousand ways that we can resolve this. This is, this is the whole God thing, right? He's pretty good at it. Second thing, ask God what he wants you to do. My final thing, and I'm going to ask Naomi to come back on the keys. And this is really, really important. And you can do all these things really, really quickly. You can, in the moment, when you feel like this stuckness in your mind, in your spirit, you can do this. And the third thing is you start moving towards God. And this is where you walk on water. This is where the transformation happens. Now, if you're not willing to move, and if you're holding on to your own plan, which is huddling in a boat, buffeted by winds and waves... God can't move you. But if you give up your own way, if you say, hey, God, where do you want me? What do you want to say? Then we can start moving towards God. And this is the part that takes faith. Because God will ask you to step out. You know, you can move your thoughts towards God. Do you know that you can move your emotions towards God? In our society, we're told that our emotions are the most important thing. They are important, but they're not the most important. And God, we can invite God, say, hey, help me with my emotions. We can start thinking about the goodness of God. That's how you can move towards God. You can start, if God's, uh, if you've got it in a difficult relationship, or there's someone that's really, really annoying you or is toxic, do you know you can start moving, you can start praying for them? You can start, uh, this has happened a, a couple of times in situations where I've been talking to people who have difficult situations with their exes. And there was a lot of tension. And what I said is, just start praying that God would show love to them. Now, this is hard because they don't deserve love most of the time. Or they've done things that are hurtful. But what has happened in those occasions is those people's, their hearts have become more whole. And the things that the, the, the ex-partners did wouldn't bother them as much. Things that people say to me, oh, they, this thing would usually push my buttons or get me angry or get a response. And just, I don't know what happened. That's what it means to move towards God in your relationships. You can pray for people. You can see breakthrough. You can pray for yourself. What does it mean if, if I'm stuck 
with anxiety, I can begin to speak out the promises of God. That's a way that I can move towards God. If there's situations where I keep having repeated patterns of behavior with my finances or I need to see breakthrough, the spiritual principle is you move towards God with generosity. Because what do you do then? You're saying, hey, God, you are the source. I'm connecting to the source. This is what it means. We've got to start to move towards God in our thoughts, in our emotions. And to be honest, this is the most exciting thing because when you do this, you will start to see miracles. Where does it start? Really quickly, when you're in the boat and you give up your own way. And then you say, hey, God, what's your way? What do you want me to do? And then when he tells you something, you make a step. And so today, I want to see some people get unstuck. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. I'm going to take just a couple of more minutes and then we'll be done. We'll hang out together. And I'd love everyone to to bow their heads and close their eyes. And as a church, God is going to increasingly teach us the power of response, the power of saying yes. And so in this moment, while everyone's eyes are closed and heads are bowed, if you feel stuck in an area of your life, I'm not going to ask you what that is, but I'm going to uh, join my faith with yours, which is what we do in community. If you feel stuck in an area of your life, maybe it's relationship, maybe you can't get free in your mind in a certain area, maybe you can't worship like you want to, you can't uh, enjoy relationships and friendships like you want to, maybe you're stuck with something that has happened in your past, today is your day. Today is your day. And God is calling us forward. And so if that's you, would you lift up your hand just to say, hey, I'm in. I'm taking that step. I see those hands all over, all over, all over. God is going to meet you. God is going to meet you. So I want you to pray a prayer just really quietly in your own words. And I want you to say this if you're in, if you want to move forward, if today is your day, Say this, God, I give up my own plan. God, I give up my own way. Let the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to you. He, he, he may even tell you what that own way is. He may even reveal to you the pattern that has got you stuck. He may even reveal to you the blockage that is preventing you from moving forward. God, I give up my own way. Second prayer, I want you to pray. Hey, God, what do you, first thing, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to know about this situation? What do you want to reveal to me? Maybe it's his love for you. Maybe it's his love for the other person. Maybe it's his power, his godness and his goodness. What does he want to say? What does he want to say? God, speak to people. So just begin to pray that. God, what do you want to 
What do you want to show me? What do you want me to know? In this moment, He's going to speak to you. He does. He cares about you. God, what do you want me to do? What's my next step? What's my next step? And then God, help me do it. This week, I want to encourage you. Maybe some of you might need to tell somebody that you trust that is close to you what God has been speaking to you about so that He can help you move forward. But God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you. Really quick, one minute left. I believe there's some people here that God has spoken you to you and given you the first step, but you've stepped and you've stopped. And God's saying, hey, I've got the whole plan. I don't just have the first step. Can you seek me for every step? Can you partner with me for every step? Is there anyone here that would say, hey, that's, that's me. I started off well, but then I've gone in my own strength. Is anyone here wants to do that? Yeah, I pray for you. Jesus, we thank you for that. Lord, every step with you, every moment, Lord, a life of faith, a life of faith. Lord, as a church, we declare we are going to inhabit the faith realm. We're going to live in the faith realm. And Lord, we thank you for that. Finally, I believe that there's someone here who you've got a significant issue but for whatever reason you've been a little bit stubborn and you refuse to ask God in you refuse to ask him in say hey God what's your plan and you've got your own idea there's a fear that if you if you let God in he's going to ruin it it may sound a little bit funny but this is what I believe that God is He's talking, you, you, you don't trust God enough to even ask that question. What do you want to do? Is, it's my final invitation. Is that you? Someone I'd love to pray for you in this moment. Would you be bold enough to lift up your hand? Yeah. Anyone else? Significant. Thank you, God. Lord, I thank you that you are at work. Lord, we declare as a church, we're going to walk in the way of faith. We're going to be ones who keep coming back. We're going to surrender our own ideas, our own ways. And so right now, we thank you that as we're doing this, that your Holy Spirit is meeting us with power, with love, with forgiveness. And we honor you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to open the altar just over this side. If you want prayer for anything else, there's something that uh, you'd love someone to, to pray with you and stand specifically. So just over here on my left, your right, there'll be a couple of people that are available to pray. Everyone else, thank you uh, for being here. The team are going to bring some uh, treats and snacks. And uh, make sure you say good day to somebody, ask them how they're doing.
wonderful to have you here with us today. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.